Okay, so my name is Mira. Um, thank you all for having me today. I'm not sure, Yanni, how it's going to go, but I tried to prepare for it. Uh, I took the blessings of uh, participating in the FIDE program that we have at St. Mary's Church, which is um, a program that we do every four years for middle school and high school. And we have three so far. Um, it's called FIGHT program, which is not FIGHT as in FIGHT. It's FIGHT is FIGHT impurities with grace, holiness, and truth. So we talked to the kids about so many things. Um, I was uh, participating in the middle school part of it. And in the middle school, we talked to the kids. We have them usually for a week and uh, three, four days. And we do like a camp out and we do activities and we have sessions planned. And those sessions, we talk to them about, we give them an introduction about what teenager is all about. They're about to get to teen, become teenagers. And we usually start from kids going to, um, actually from going to fifth grade. So the, the kids graduating from fourth grade all the way to fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Um, we talk to them about uh, peer pressure. We talk to them about um, uh, dating. We talk to them about sexual education. And we talk to them about purity. <clears throat> so uh, the high school program is usually more advanced than this. They talk to them about more STDs and things that are more intense and relevant to their age group. Um, in the last two programs I participated in, so we, we had the fifth graders and they usually sit in the front and we have a way of making them sit so they don't get embarrassed and, um, and we split the boys of course. Uh, I mean, the girls alone and the boys alone. So I was giving the girls talk topic. And um, six years ago, when we were giving this talk, it was so obvious the girls were just like, <gasps> so shocked, especially the younger ones. And it was just like, <gasps> no, that can't be true. No way. And just like, my mom and dad are not doing this. And it's just like, all kind of reaction. You can tell they're just learning it. They didn't have a talk with their parents. They were, I mean, thank God, at least they didn't have that conversation with someone else outside of their house or church. But four years later, when we had that program, same age group, they're just like, okay, yep. So it was just so eye-opening that kids now, as time goes by, they are learning it from different places, different, uh, and this is what we kind of talk and we're going to talk about and cover today. Um, how can we make sure that when they hear it, they hear it right? They hear the right information and preferably they hear it from us. So let me start with a question. Do you think we should talk to our kids about sex? So I have, I split them into four different groups. So we have like the three to four, we have like the three to four year, years old, which is a preschool age, which is most of your, you have kids at that age because you're here in pre-K MCP or I don't know what you call it. MCP? Or sorry. Okay. And then elementary age, six to nine years old, and then going into middle school or middle school age, 10 to 13 or high school age over 13. What do you all think? Who thinks three to five is the right age? Raise your hand if you think. Okay. All right. What about six to nine? Okay. Ten to thirteen? I agree. Every stage we're going to talk about it. 
but exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Anybody thinks that we need to wait until they're 13 or high school age? Okay. So actually, you guys got it. That question was kind of a tricky question because really, what is that talk about? When we say we talk about kids about sex, what are what goes into your mind? What were you thinking when you were answering that question? What is that topic that you thought when I asked you what age should we talk about to our kids about sex? What what went through your mind? How babies are born. How babies are born. Okay. Okay. So this is where, okay, this is what kind of, anybody else had a different thought? Okay. So um, it's actually, you kind of answered it. You kind of got what I wanted, when I, where I was going with this. It was proven that we should talk to our kids at a very young age. And it's a more of an unfolding process. It's not one talk that we're going to have once and we think, okay, check the box. I'm done. I had the talk. It's not like this. And it's a continuous conversation that we should always have with our kids. And it's not, it's not going to talk to them about it every day, but we're going to go through right now what I tried to compile from the research and from the conversation I had with others and people and going into uh, more um, Christian material is what can we do at each age group? What is the right talk that we need to have with each age group, starting actually at three? So for those of you who feel it's very uncomfortable for us to have this talk, I ran into this a couple weeks ago. Uh, UK um, magazine published saying that now parents find talking about sex is less awkward than gadget chats with their kids per the survey. So talking about your kids, it used to be very uncomfortable for, uh, for your kids about, when you talk to them about sex, but now talking to them about like technology and TikTok and Snapchat and all the language they use over that is actually less comfortable for parents than talking to them about sex. So that makes us maybe feel a little bit better about it, but I don't know about y'all, but I have, high, I, have a boy, I have two boys, high school and middle school age. And really, I can't keep up with them with the technology. And I don't know if you've ever, I learned it from this article. If your kids type, I mean, you all know LOL and those kind of things and what they mean. But do you know what PAW means? I had no idea. Parents are watching. So oh. <laughs> be aware if you see that on your kid's phone. So really, we cannot keep up with how far and how fast they go with technology and all the websites and apps that they use. So that maybe makes us a little bit comfortable that talking about sex could be something that we would be more comfortable talking about. So a few things to remember when you talk to your kids, when you said, okay, I'm ready, and I think my kids are ready, and I want to start having this talk with my kids. So kind of put it into a few things to kind of for us to remember always, regardless of what the age we're talking about or what the topic we're talking about. The way you are talking to your kids about sex and sexuality sends a message that will last with them a lifetime. So if you're very ashamed as you're talking about it or you're trying just to kind of, you're very embarrassed about, this is they're going to get the message right away from your tone of voice, from your facial expression. Okay, this is wrong. This is something embarrassing. This is something shameful. So they will get it. They will get it from a very young age. So you have to be very calm. You have to be very prepped for it very well. I remember when I was, before I gave the, um, the, those talks at the, the FI program, when I was listening, they had come with CDs and I was listening to the CDs in my car and my commute to work. And I was 
got to the one where it's talking about sexual intercourse, and I just I thought I'm gonna do an accident. I was gonna pass out. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna stand up in front of the kids and tell them this? So I had to really practice so many times, and I had to just like try to make force myself to be very calm as I'm talking about it because I knew that the way I'm gonna I mean, act as I'm giving them that talk, they're going to get on it, pick on it right away that, ooh, okay, that's something, something must be very embarrassing. And so be careful how you, I mean, just prepare for it and try to as much as possible to be very calm. Always related to God in the Bible. So whatever we're going to talk about, try as much as we possibly can not to relate to our culture. Our culture says no dating. Their culture is different. We were born or maybe we were raised in a culture that they can't relate to. So really what matters is what God says, what the Bible says about, about things like that. So always, whatever you're talking to them about it, and we're going to have a few examples going forward. What does the Bible say about what I'm talking about right now? What does the Bible say about sex? What does the Bible say about homosexuality? What does God think of my body parts? So those are the things that I have to always relate it to God in the Bible. The kids are very, very curious. At a very young age, they have very natural curiosity. And um, they ask questions. And when they ask questions, sometimes we're shocked with the question that we would just want to like, okay, no, we're not going to talk about this. This topic, we can't talk about it now. Or when you're older, we're going to talk about that. Actually, when we do that, we force them to go find the answer somewhere else. Because they, they, their, their curiosity is very normal. God created them like this. And I have to respect it. And I have to make sure that... I give them the right answer and I answer it right. I shouldn't be giving them a wrong answer. I have to be very careful because I want to make sure that I'm a trustful source for them, that they have, they come to me when they have a question that they want to answer. If I give them fake answer or just like whatever answer, I don't know if you all have heard this, but I mean, growing up, we were told by, by our parents sometimes, if you eat while you're standing, the food is going to go into your feet. Or if you eat while, I mean, these were, were all wrong information. <laughs> so it's just grew up just thinking, oh, okay. But when we found out, we kind of, our trust in our parents got shaken a little bit. Um, one of the very famous things, I don't know, in our culture, they used to tell the boys, if you masturbate, you get, you get blind. I don't know if you heard this before. I did not know it. But as I'm doing the research for this, I heard that apparently this is a very common thing between boys. Scientifically proven, it's wrong. It's not true. But parents wanted to kind of make their kids scared of it, their boys scared of it. So be very careful what information you're telling your kids, because as soon as they find out this information is wrong, they lose their trust and they're not coming to you for answer for with questions. Always, always make it age appropriate. Sometimes we are, and I find myself doing this, the same with my kids. I feel like I want to tell them all. Or I want to even maybe sometimes oversimplify it because I'm too embarrassed to go into details. We have to be very careful what the age group we're talking to. If you're talking to a little kid, answer their questions. Give them the information. But in a simple way where they can understand it. Because if you really go into more details, they're not going to get it. They're not going to understand it. And they could get confused. On the other hand, if you're talking to a high schooler or nine years old or 10 years old and they're asking questions about where babies came from and you try to simplify it too much, they're going to understand that you're not really telling them the whole thing. And they're not going to, again, trust that you are source, right source of information whenever they have questions. So keep that in mind as you're answering their questions and they're talking to them that, OK, just think about what age group and what can they take from me right now? 
the whole truth, but in a way in a, that would be simple enough and truthful enough for them to understand. Any questions so far? Anything? So unfortunately, nowadays, when we talk to our kids about um, when we have sexual education, um, and for the last 20, maybe 30 years, we have to start talking about homosexuality, a topic that maybe us growing up, we didn't really touch on too much. Mm -hmm. Because especially if you're, I wasn't raised here in the US, so it wasn't very common for me. I didn't know about it until actually at an older age. But nowadays, actually, it's so common, and the media is making it so common around us mm -hmm. that they are going to feel like this is the majority of the people are homosexual. Um, uh, I have this reminder for me to tell you about this story. Uh, my kids, when they were, um, they are three years apart, so they were, um, they coming uh, home on the bus, and my older was in fourth grade, third grade, and my youngest was in kindergarten. And as they're walking home um, from the bus stop, uh, my oldest had his arm around his, his brother. And the boy saw them walking like this, and he told me, you guys are gays. You guys are gay. So my son came home and just like so frustrated and so angry. How could he tell me that? And really, that's not what bothered me the most. What bothered me is that how do you know what it means? <laughs> Where do you know what gay means? So I just said, okay, it's time for us to talk about it, to understand I, I need to test. Apparently I was late. I didn't, or maybe what is your information? But kids talk about it at a very young age. I mean, at school, they're going to tell someone, oh, you're, you're a lesbian, you're a gay. Um, my son in elementary school, he had a boy and he comes home and tells me, this boy acts like a girl. I don't know why. And he is, um, he starts making, doing his hair like on a, in a ponytail and he's just talking in a very funny way. And he said, one time I had to tell him, what you're doing is, I mean, doesn't, it's not funny. It doesn't look good. You're a boy. Why don't you talk like a boy? And the boy, he said, all of a sudden he changed his voice and he said, I can if I want to, but I'm more comfortable doing it this way. And he went back to the way he was talking before. So go ahead. Yeah, just uh, my, my son actually, uh, when he was four. We were at a restaurant and then we had uh, a waiter and he said, like in front of him, so he's like, mommy, why is he talking like a girl? Is that a girl? Is that a he or a she? Yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, you know, he just, he, they, they're that. Uh, yes. They're, they're curious they about it. Curious. Yes. And it's, it's very hard how we handle it. And we, sometimes we try not to get embarrassed in front of the other, the, that person, but we try, we, I mean, we owe it to our kids that we need to talk to them and explain to them what's going on. And you actually, they started seeing in their schools where they're going to see two dads and two moms. They're going to come back and say, oh, my friend has two dads and two moms. So they're going to start seeing it more and more often. And also as I'm doing the research for this, I found out that a lot of the cartoon that our kids could be watching has this idea. Yes. I don't know if you yes. know about yes. these shows. Yes. I wasn't familiar about it, but yes. Arthur promotes this idea. Yeah. Little Pony. Is that what it's called? Little Pony? I don't have a girl, so I'm not sure. But uh, Family Guy, of course. Um, Clarence. And the list goes longer and longer. I mean, we have a lot of cartoons that we think are just like those are just cartoons. Somehow in them, the idea is being promoted to our kids that that's okay. I mean, just, okay, this is a family and the family consists of two moms and two dads and that's normal and we need to accept them and it's maybe cool. And if you're not, if you have a problem with it, then you have a problem. It's, it's not common. 
one time we had a we had here a family movie nights where we watched a, like Moana Disney movie and then we had a family discussion with Eric about about like the about like the introduction of like what's mm-hmm. what we found in the media in general not just LGBT anything mm-hmm. any kind of propaganda we have we have a recording of it okay great and also you'll find at your kids schools you could find books like this um, they could be at the public library or at school. You'll find them, schoolers are now trying to adopt this idea more and more. Um, that it's it's very normal for parents to be two moms or two dads. So be careful. What, I mean, your kids might pick that, check out that book one day and come back home with it. And I mean, you'll, so be careful that those things are. Are we well. studying some sort of program in Austin schools about? I don't know. This oh, really? I did not know that. Okay. Austin, yeah, all the liberal. Thank God we're a little bit more conservative than other places, but I mean we had a mayor who was homosexual, so it's just not. I mean, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time, so we have to make sure our our, our kids are, are ready for it and they understand what's right and what's yeah. wrong. Statistically, and, any any like. Concentrated metropolis, it's kind of liberal, and as you go further to the suburbs, it gets more and more conservative. Yep. And actually, as I was doing the research, I was just really curious. I mean, with all the media that they're talking about, and they're making it now just a huge deal. Really, what's the? I mean, does anybody know how? What's the percentage of homosexual people in the U.S.? I feel like two to ten percent. Five percent. Two. One percent. Four. You're all about right. I mean, it's really, it's really very little. I mean, uh, so I mean, with the amount that you're, I mean, you're. Four and a half percent. Yeah, so it's roughly. I mean, it's just very, very, very little. So it's, but with the, all the talk and what the media is promoting, you would think this is becoming the norm. This is the, this is the majority of the population, which is not. And our kids need to know that this is very, 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 very few. Um. So, um. I'm going to go, I mean, the rest of the presentation is mainly, I'm going to divide those age groups and I would like to hear from you and I have a few ideas on what is appropriate for each group. So if we haven't had that talk yet, maybe we need to start considering it. And again, it's never too late and we can always talk to them about it. So the first group is talking to a preschooler, which most of you, all of you, I guess, have a preschooler age. So um, what do y'all think? What, what could a preschooler handle at that age? How would you? We actually rented these books. Okay. And we did the first one. Okay. We felt it was appropriate, age appropriate. This one? is five. Yeah. Okay. And it just talks, you know, very high level of where a baby comes from. And of course, they're curious, but they were satisfied with that. Okay. You know, and for us, I mean, I've been researching a lot of this too, just because you see what happens and right. it's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. And they say it's better for them to learn it from you from a young age. And like you said, you just you continue to peel back that onion and slowly by slow, you know, yep. over time you reveal to them what it really is. True. And so when they learn from you, they feel that you're a safe person to go and talk to it as opposed to getting curious and learning about it from their friends or whoever or the internet down the road or whatnot. So yeah, started with that, and that's a really great series. Okay, great. We've we've noticed that whenever we are the first to introduce a topic, it tends to be more solidified in our in our child. 
as opposed to him coming from school and said, so-and-so told me this mm -hmm. and this, and then we have to sit down and have a conversation, right. so now you're kind of trying to undo what was already heard. But if he hears it from us first and, and what we think is appropriate, he hears it at school, he'll say, no, my parents told me Very true. this. Exactly. So, being the first think, makes I, it a, gives it advantage. Say it again. Being the first gives the advantage. Oh, for sure, for mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, I don't think when we're talking about when is it appropriate to talk to, it depends on the child. Mm -hmm. But there's always a way you can talk about every subject on some level yep. and, and start that conversation. Right. And who knows, you know, if you start a conversation, they'll have a question. Then you can build off of it. So yep. it just, you know, I think you got to feel out what your child is willing to learn about. Yep. And if your child is more advanced and wants to know <clears throat> more about oh, where do babies come from or you know, what does it mean to have two daddies or two mommies, mm -hmm. then you can you can push the envelope a little bit. I think the more information you give them earlier on is going to be much more beneficial. Exactly. And that is exactly um, something that um, Abu Nainan in our church keeps always reminding us with. It's just a terminology that he calls wire your kids. It's just wire them. It's just if you're if you're building a building, and actually I had to kind of go through that in our house. We were doing some remodeling and the electrician told us, okay, we are going to put all these cables for things that we, we are not network cables. I know you're not going to need it now because we're putting cameras and things like that. But you know what? Later on, you might need it. So I want to always remind us with that. And he said, why are kids give them as much information and get them ready to later on when they, they're going to need this information? It's easier for you to tell them up front and tell them ahead of time. Because then just the damage is done. They hear it, like you said, from somewhere else. And you try to, okay, now you're trying to knock down the wall and fix those cables. It's just let's go ahead and wire and put all the information up front. So when the, and, and that goes for a lot of things, not just sexual education. I mean, I have already, like I was talking to my kids at a very young age about marriage. And there were three or five, how to choose a wife. And some of it they don't get and some of it will get, but I'm, I don't want to be surprised when they're at the age of marrying and they just go choose somebody who's not, I mean, I, I mean, not that I'm going to approve, but I'm, I was talking about compatibility, how a man and a wife, they need to be compatible and especially on the spiritual side. And uh, so, I mean, things like that. So they know now, oh, mom, I know she has to be this and this and that. And just like, I know they're not going to get married anytime soon, but it's just there are things that you try to maybe tell them. So when they're at an older age, when they start hearing it, it's just like, what? I didn't know that. Or you never told me that when I was young. Why are you starting new rules on me? Well, it's not a new rule. These are things that we've started talking about when you were little. So, um, sure. We also uh, do our kids a disservice when we underestimate what they are capable of learning. I mean, we, we, we get surprised all the time when our son comes home from school and tells us something so high level that we're like, where'd you learn that? Like at school, we learned about mm -hmm. constellations and this and that. Yep. And we're like, whoa, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't, I don't think we we challenge our kids enough in terms of what they are able to learn or comprehend. Sure. You know, if we're always giving them less than what they are able to uh, uh, to comprehend, they're never going to reach that potential. Even if we give them something a little bit higher level than what they are able to comprehend okay they may not get it completely but they would have heard it and our kids they 
hear something, even if they don't respond or even if they don't acknowledge that they understand, it's it's it's, it's, it's stored, stored for forever. Yeah. It's stored for a very very long it'll time. Come, it'll come. It's oh. regurgitated later. Exactly. You know, at a time you're not expecting. So mm -hmm. it's, I don't think it's a bad thing to. It's not, but I mean, we have to keep in mind also that every child is different. Mm -hmm. So we'll keep that. That's why when we talk about it, we say, okay, at the age of three, you need to do this. And at the age of four, you do that. Well, it's a range. And, and you can tell when your kid is, I mean, how is he reacting or she's reacting to this information? If you feel they're eager for more, then you can just take it another step up and just give them more. It depends on how much they can handle at that point. Um, so talking to preschooler, if you want to start introducing the, 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 I mean, the, start talking about the birds and the bees. You're not going to start talking to them about sex all of a sudden. You start can talk, start picking on the nature around you. You can start talking to them about how flowers and how they make seeds. So you can start looking from the flowers. Okay, they have a male organ, they have a female organ, and that's how they get pollinated. And then the pollen would meet the, an egg, and then they will make a seed. And this is how a plant would grow. From a very young age, you're introducing to them the concept of a female and a male, and meeting together to make a seed and a baby, or so, or a bee going from one plant to the plant, just putting in the pollen into the egg. So it's just like, oh, okay, so a male and female will meet together to make a baby or to make a seed. So it's just like they're not going to question that. But you can start from a very young age, just introducing to them <clears throat> it's going to have to be a male and a female, and that what makes up a baby. As you're talking. Indirectly about homosexuality, you need to start talking to them about God created Adam and Eve. It is this is God's plan. This is God intended for people to, for them to reproduce and fill the earth. It's going to have to be a man and a woman. It's not other way. Uh, we can talk to them as we're talking about Noah's ark. We can start talking to them. Well, God asked him to bring a male and a female of every animal. So these are ideas are just they might just not really understand why a male and a female. Well, the male and the female, this is when they leave the ark. This is how they can make babies because it needs a male and a female to reproduce. And it doesn't take two, two male or two females. So those are the ideas you're starting from a very young age and they will take it. And they were not gonna they're not going to argue with you. But if they learn this at a young, later age, they say, well, no, why? And they, I mean, the age of arguing, they're going to be pushing back. When, when you tell them, well, a happy family has to consist of a mom and a dad. Well, no, I have a friend of mine and there are two moms and two dads. What are you talking about? And they start pushing back because they weren't really... This wasn't, they weren't very ground, well grounded about it from a very young age. They question a lot of their private areas, their private parts. Okay, the private parts. What, what, what do you, what do you, do you give it its names or do you, yeah. do you, okay. so you can do that. You can start calling a penis a penis and a vagina as a vagina. If they take it, that's fine. As long as we're careful enough, this is not something that you go around and not because we're ashamed of it. This, this is a body part that got created and we're not ashamed of it. And it, Rule of thumb that you can just tell kids that anything that's covered with a bathing suit is a private area and that we have to keep private. So they will take that. And I mean, again, the younger you're talking to them, they're most likely going to take it and accept it and not question it as much. But if they do, please feel free and be ready to answer their questions. An important, a very important subject that you need to talk to your kids about it from that age is nobody yes. can touch you. And anywhere in a way that you're not comfortable yeah. not a cousin not an uncle not a relative not a servant not 
anybody, mom and dad, they could because while they're bathing you, maybe. But actually, when you grow a little bit older, they're not going to bathe you anymore. A doctor, as they're checking you, maybe. That's it, while mom and dad are there. But outside of that, you should not let anybody touch you, and you need to make us aware if that ever happens. I actually have a really good book recommendation on this. It's mm-hmm. called God Made All of Me. Um, yes. I've, and it talks about how, mm-hmm. you know, nobody should be able to touch you, and those areas are private for a reason. And right. They're not for anybody, so it's really good. I can give you that. It is, it is very, 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 very important uh, to talk to them about it at a very young age. Um, I served sixth grade class, and uh, one time we had a Buna coming to talk to the kids about um, dating. And um, so I was just preparing the kids again. Okay, next week, Abuna's coming to talk to you about dating. So if you have any question, you want to write it down for me on a piece of paper and give it to me. I'll give it to Abuna so Abuna can get all your questions answered. One of the questions I had, and I was just like, I was going to get a heart attack reading the question. What do I do if I get raped? A sixth grader, a 10-year-old, questioning about rape. I don't know what happened in their life. And it, I was just like... I need to find out who that child is and I, I need to understand what's happened. So it's, it's a different story, but kids do are exposed to, I mean, all kinds of things. And again, make sure you prepare them up front. You have no idea what goes through their world when they leave the house. So the, the, I mean, as you have to prepare them to face this world, like you said, because when they hear the wrong information or when somebody tries to touch them or do something, they are ready to are i mean to to stop this conversation or to defend themselves so that's pretty much at the three five years old um if you haven't had that conversation or you haven't started introducing those things and again it doesn't have to be all in one time it could be i mean where you you can start talking about it gradually as you're reading the bible and stories um uh, i mean you, you you need to start introducing a bit, bit where you know you have their attention at the age of six to nine, uh, which is elementary kids, which is kindergarten actually, to like third or fourth grade, they're gonna start asking this question more often: where babies come from. They're gonna, they really are curious about it. Uh, we have to be very honest and direct with them answering this question. But at the same time, we need to understand they are. We don't want to shock them too, because I've heard it from kids that they were given too much information and they were just traumatized. So we have to be careful what the level of information. So we need to start always this, that it starts with marriage. And it all starts at the altar. When Abuna prays for a man and a woman, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they become one. They're no longer one. They're no longer two. They walk into church, two, but they leave one. So now that they are one, you can start saying maybe a seed from mom goes into a seed from dad. And this is how babies start. If you do not feel, a lot of them are going to stop and that would be enough of an answer for them. If you feel they still need more, you can go a little bit further. And I think this book takes it another step more. Um, but it's just, we need to relate that babies is are a result of a marriage. And that idea needs to, and it's not just any marriage. It's a marriage that happened at church, at the altar, and through the Holy Spirit, when they unite them and they become two. So at that point, when they are intimate together, there's nothing wrong with that. They are one body. When a hand touches the head, we don't tell the hand, why are you touching the head? They're two, they're one. The They're one body. So when that happens, that's a result of a marriage. And that happens at the altar. 
Um, How do you understand that question if you three is more like? So we say they do have. No, it's that space. But in that age, they didn't reach to that space of feeling. So I would reply like, yeah, like if he told you still one, but I can see them when we attend the marriage, they enter too, right. they walk on their feet too. <laughs> Correct. But I want to tell you, their faith will make them believe a lot of things. They do believe in communion. They do believe in a lot of things. They take it a lot simpler than us. But in, tell them in God's eyes, they are now one. They are one body. They are one. So that's why nobody can separate them anymore. This is why we don't we don't allow divorce to happen because we are now one body. In God's eyes, they are now united into one body. Even if we see them too, that's okay. But they are one. Um, we can say the word sex. We can start saying it out loud. We can tell, tell them, and God created sex and marriage. And uh, when we talk about the seed going into mom and dad, we can we can say God intention. God created sex and God created sex in marriage. The intention of God of sex was to be in marriage. What do you mean by sex? I'm replying like the intimacy what between mom and dad when they get united after getting married. This is when they when when God when again it's not we have to be careful when we say married it's not a piece of paper that they signed and now they have they have they are allowed to go have sex it's not that it's the it's the how God united them through the Holy Spirit in making them one this is a very important because there are all sort of marriages outside the church and this is not what we're talking about we're talking about marriage in the church um we have to talk to them as God created sex. God is not ashamed of sex. And God only created good things. I was listening to um, a lecture about someone that I really um, encourage you to listen to. His name is Haney Ashamallah. He's a doctor. And he gives a lot of uh, talks about this to kids, to youth and parents. A lot of my information actually came from him. And um, he is the brother of, I don't know if you all know, Abuna Dawudlami. He's the yeah. brother of, he lives in New Jersey and he gives great talks. Um, so he was talking to a group of youth, just like the elementary actually kids, six to nine. And he was saying, talking to them about sex and he's telling them God creates everything good. God doesn't make anything bad. God creates only good things. But sometimes people take good things and they turn it into a bad thing. Give me an example. And he was asking kids about random, simple question to try to simplify to them the fact of God's intention was for sex to be in marriage, but people take it outside, I mean, outside of marriage and do all kind of bad things with it. So the answer, two first answers he got from elementary kids is rape, adultery. And he was just like, guys, you're saying hard words. This is not, I was talking about like maybe God make it stone, but the stone sometimes, like St. Stephen got stoned and got killed with the stone. So God made stones. Stones are supposed to be good things. We build houses with, but people use bad, good things and turn them into a bad thing. And he was looking into ideas like this, it's simple. But the reaction of the elementary kids, they was picking up on sex and it's just like rape and adultery. It's like, those are big, big words for our kids. Yes, I mean, the kids are very well aware of what's going on around them. And they know what rape is. A six-year-old, a nine-year-old, they know. I mean, they might not know it all, but they're familiar with the world at least, which is eye-opening. And then adultery. So, um, again, as we're teaching them about sex, we have to be very careful that we have not to give them the impression that the world is trying to give them about sex. It's dirty. 
Yes. Just to play devil's advocate, I agree that's how we want to perceive the ideal form of how a baby is formed. But at the same time, what if they think, oh, well, I'm not married. So if we do this, that we're not going to have a baby because God didn't bless it. So you also want to be truthful mm -hmm. that if a man and a woman come together and they right. have sex, that they can have a baby too. So I understand what you're coming from, where you're coming from, that you want it. Like this is the ideal form. This is what God originally intended. But we live in a fallen world and some people will do it outside of the covenant of marriage. And so babies still can come from that union as well. Exactly. And this is why we need to touch. This is why I related to this is just God's intent. We know, we're talking about God and his intention and his right. plan for sex and, and marriage. But And God only creates good things. So it's not a bad thing. It's not something we're ashamed of. It's not something. But... At the same time, people, and this is when we take it, they could take a good thing and turn it into a bad thing. And this is not God's plan for it. This is, we have to realize that, that men chose to take something godly that God created and had one intention for, and they turned it into a bad. And this is when you start giving them example about like steel. God made steel maybe, but people started making rifles out of it. So we have to be careful of, we have to relay the message is, we're not ashamed of it. It's not something bad. It's not something dirty. As long as it's happening in marriage and 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 it's the right thing. But people, and you will hear it from outside and in the media, sometimes they can take that good thing and turn it into something bad. We also sometimes, um, Dr. Henny was saying, we have to relate to them that saints, Saint Demiana, Saint Abano, Baba Krolus, they all came from a sexual relationship between a mom and dad. So the saints, that's why I reinforce the idea, it's not something we're ashamed of. It's not something wrong. It's 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 something that God blesses and he himself created. Uh, and all the saints that we do, we glorify in our church, are came from those relationships. And he uses a very good example um, to tell them that Drano, I don't know, I'm sure you all know Drano or similar products, chemicals that you use to unclog a sink or something. He's telling them this chemical, when you use it to unclog some sink, an adult should be using it. Is somebody who's prepared to use this in the right way. But if you use it in the wrong way, what if a kid uses it and they drink it? Well, that kid is going to the hospital for sure. Or they put it in their eyes. It's going to hurt really bad. So this is how it is. I mean, there is a one intention when there is an intention for something. Something is planned or made for one thing and we misuse it. The outcome is not going to be good. So, um, and sex is the same way. Sex is intended one way, but if we it's used in a different way, it, girls could end up being pregnant early, uh, without outside of marriage, people can get sick, and we don't have to go into a lot of details, but we need to touch on it could harm and hurt you. Yeah, I saw this uh, lecture. Yes, it. it's and great. It was, uh, Interesting how their replies it, it's, it's amazing how the kids are ready it and they have shocked, questions. Like yes. Yes. Amazing. Uh, His, the Dr. Hania that I'm referring to is on YouTube. You'll find multiple lectures for him. He was on CYC actually in two um, grapevine. If you can look it up. I mean, he, he's a great speaker. There is a program weekly to in Staten Island in New York. Oh, really? He, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he's doing the lecture. He and, okay. Uh, and, uh, Bishop David. Okay. The, like, yep. That's his last When it's approved. I'll, it's I'll send it to you all. It's Ashamallah. It's A-S-H. -A -S -A -S -A I think his name is Hany. I don't know if it's an A-N or Y. Hany. H-A-N-Y. Is it a Y? 
I believe it's either an I or a Y, I'm not sure. Uh, at that age, also, we can start telling them that the privates that we're talking about, whether we're giving it a name or not, those are genital organs. So God created those organs to help him in the miracle that's going to happen when the right time comes to make babies. So we can start introducing that those privates are the genital organs. And um, there's a great saying by St. Augustine. He says, how can we be ashamed of the organs that God was not ashamed to create? So it's... This is why, again, when we talk about the organs and giving it its name, we should not be telling them you need to be ashamed of, but rather you be respecting it so much that God created them. And it's exactly like the altar that needs to stay covered all the time. We cannot just go into the altar and anybody goes into the altar and remove the cloth. We can't. We have to protect it. And like God created them between the legs so to keep them protected, we have to keep them protected and respected. And... Um, and it's very nice to always remind them with the altar. Your body is an altar. Your body is the altar of the Holy Spirit. And the same way you respect the altar, you need to respect your body and respect your genital organs. Um, it's important also that we start telling them, because they're going to start hearing it from kids, that homosexuality is that the kids were, the, the people are born like that. Um, we shouldn't judge them. They're nice people after all. I hear it. I heard that already from kids. Um, you guys are judging them. You guys are being rough to them. They, God created them. Be, be nice to them. They, God created them this way. Well, it's been proven that God does not, did not create homosexuality. And we can talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. Why God decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if he created them this way? He didn't, he killed them because they were all, because that was a huge sin and this is a sin that God hated. And we need to put that from, in them in a very young, in this, at that age where they start understanding. Uh, it is a sin. It is a sin, but we're not judging them. We are accepting them. We're being nice to them. We're respecting them. But it's a sin that requires repentance like any other sin that I'm doing. I'm a sinful person too, and I'm repenting and I'm confessing on my sins. They are doing, this. Is, what they're doing is a sin that they that need repentance. And if they do repent, God is going to accept them. God accepted a lot of sinners and he's going to continue to accept them. But I'm not judging them. I'm just trying to be very careful that this is not true, that God did not create anybody like this. Last year, just last year, it may, I mean, it was done, proven by study, that there are no genetics related to homosexuality, that it's not like this is how they were born. I'm not a doctor and I understand a lot of it, but I, I, I read it and it makes sense. It's not. They had a lot of multiple researchers between identical twins, between it's not um, it's not something. This is their choice. They chose this path. And uh, so it's just enough for us to tell them that. So when they hear it from people, oh, why are you making fun of me? God created me this way. They have to know, even if they're not going to answer them back, well, no, God did not create you that way. God does not like homosexuality. And these verse, these chapters, there are verses in there that touch very, very, very clearly on how God does not accept homosexuality. Like any other sin, God does not accept sin. He accepts sinners, but he doesn't like sin. But this is a very clearly. So if they say, well, the Bible didn't talk about it because this is one of the accuses. Why are you saying that? And I mean, they say, okay, that was maybe in the Old Testament that he killed Sodom and Gomorrah, but now Jesus came and he's accepting more. Well, he's accepting sinners, but he still does not like the sin. And in Romans 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, they are clearly said homosexuality is not, they're not going to enter kingdom of heaven. 
So it's not accepted. Like any other sin. I mean, we're not, we're, and again, we're not trying to judge them, but we're not accepting it. It's a clearly a sin. Yes. There's also like the uh, matter of transgenderism. Like they, they're going to start seeing, but it's it's very it's less and less. It's rare. It's not as as common as 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 uh, gays and lesbian. But it's less. But it's again, it's God created you as a girl. God created you as a boy, and God intends you for you to be a girl. God intends for you to be a boy. And as we're telling them from a young age, they're going to accept it and they're going to take it and they're not going to question it. So what's the fact about like some programs that when you watch they get these people, and you get crazy to watch? And see what they can say. So sometimes he said, even the doctors, no, sometimes, yes, it's disorder, because that's our right. Australian, our place. But sometimes when they talk, they said, no, really, we feel that. So they are liars, or they really feel that. And sometimes the doctors, yeah, and sometimes the doctors which attend the, the, the lecture, they sometimes they approve it, but when they talk, that's the least. Raised some created like that, like they feel in different ways than the Gentiles. They have. Again, I'm not a doctor and I don't know, but I mean, it's it, it's again, it's a choice. You can choose to feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so it, I read something that kind of puts it in perspective. They're imagining like somebody who's anorexic, for example, they look in the mirror and they see themselves as fat. Everyone else around them sees them as too skinny. But in their mind, they think yeah. that they are fat. So it, they're saying that it's something mental, but they're feeling that their body shouldn't be a woman or shouldn't be a man, that they feel that it needs to be the other way. Mm -hmm. And actually, a, a study that I read, it was like something startling, like 70% of people who underwent the, the sex change surgery either committed suicide right. or were very right. close, close to committing yes. suicide. Yes. Because it's it's mental. Mm -hmm. they're, yeah, they're not seeing or feeling what their body physically is, and that's a disorder. Disorder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why is it that people not lying? These people, how do they approve it and they understand this fact? Like us. I mean, I don't know. It's all about minority and accepting minority, and they're giving them their rights. I, I really don't know. I mean, it's Satan working in the world and no, just I'm making it. You not like yeah, yeah. I, no, I know. You said you're in the fight, so you hear from the other views. I, I don't know why they're letting people continue with it, but it's 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 been proven multiple times that it's not something that they're created with. So we can easily, I mean, challenge that. And we have we have a lot to to use information that's already out there that we can use to prove to them. It's not like that. And our kids don't need to fight back with kids. It's important for them to know so they can differentiate when they're when they hear those kind of things. They know. I mean, my son, when he heard that boy talking a boy voice and then a girl voice, he totally realized that it's just he's choosing to talk like that. It's not like his voice is going to be a girl's voice. It's just like he realized, well, he's he's pretending that he's a girl. So, um, but when, yes, go ahead. Well, because it's already started, like, in the news, like, a few months back, like, a seven-year-old, maybe, was already talking about sex organs and changing, and, and the father was like, no, I'm not going to let that happen. You're not mature enough to make that decision on your own. And the mother's like, well, you know, let him do what he wants to do. Sure. And so they were voting on things like that already. It's yeah. It. Um, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we ha we have to face that around us. I mean, maybe we are at a point where we're not 
gonna we us kind of know what's the right thing from the wrong thing but our kids gonna get easily confused by those things that's why having those early i mean those talks with them as early as possible and is, is is really really important because they are going to trust you they're going to trust the information coming from you and if they trust you they're going to trust that the information is correct and as as i mean when you're linking it to god and linking it to the bible it doesn't become a matter of opinion this is not my mom's opinion this is god and this is why when we're telling them this is not me thinking this way this is not based on culture differences or anything of the people around it god it says that so we have to go by what God says. I mean, who else are we going to trust? Um, for that age, I don't want to take more of your time. Um, so at this age group, when they're fifth, fourth, fifth graders going into middle school, we totally need to prepare them to understand what puberty is. We should not let them be shocked with their body changes. They shouldn't get to take them by surprise. A girl should not be taken by surprise with her menstrual period. It should not be, that's that's totally wrong. She needs to be prepared and she needs to know. Uh, a boy needs to understand what's happening to him. She, he should not be ashamed because there are boys that just like, they're just all of a sudden start to grow hair and their voice changing and they're cracking and it's just like, they're embarrassed and they don't want to talk. I see that in my classes. They just don't want to raise their hands. Their voice is changing and they're embarrassed because people start picking on, oh, you're, look at you, your voice is changing. and. Just, they have to be prepared that this is normal. This is part of you growing. This is how God created hormones in you to make you prepare to grow. And this is how the girls, God created you this way to prepare you to one day to carry a saint inside of you. Um, at that age, they need to understand sexual intercourse as clearly as possible. We cannot, we should clearly sit down with them and talk to them about exactly what happens. And again, remember, you're not all of a sudden talking out of the blues. Now you're building on everything else that you've already talked to them about. That is not wrong. This is not something we're ashamed of. This is something holy. This is something intimate between a man and wife that got united into one through the Holy Spirit and that God blesses. And this is the way that a man and a wife um, express their love out of each other and that comes after love people loved each other the man and a the woman they loved each other first they went through the altar they got blessed through the holy spirit they got united and then now they are helping god to create this miracle god cannot create babies anymore he doesn't not going to create them from dust anymore like he did adam and eve he needs a man and a wife to come together to make a baby this is their way of helping god to create the miracle of babies so um and 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 I, I mean it's it's at that point we have to be very and again depends on how you think how early and how ready your kid and how more they started hearing it from the people around them um we need to start having that conversation and we'd be very very honest it's preferable that a, a, a dad would have the conversation with a boy and a mom would have the conversation with a girl but it's 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 I mean, we've seen it also where, where moms are really embarrassed or dads are really embarrassed to have that conversation. They can't and they start sweating and they just can't handle to have that conversation with the boy. So it's okay for the mom at that point or the dad, whoever, and just to, to have the conversation with their daughter or boy. But it's preferable just to have a mom would talk to her daughters and the, and the dad to talk to his boys. Um, what else? Uh, any questions? I mean, if you've already had the conversation with them about everything else we talked about, this is going to come very smooth. This is not going to be hard at all for you to explain it to them. You might get some reactions from them. It's gross. 
aha, what, what, but trust me, they're going to take it much easier. And when we talk to them about this is how God made it and this is how God planned it. And again, it's nothing wrong with it. They'll be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, can I take the burden from the shoulder? Because that feeling, they have no knowledge about mm-hmm. it. They feel it's like a burden from their, their shoulder. Because they can start hearing kids mm-hmm. talking about I mean, I don't They're know if kids are... Too. Yes. That hurts them. Uh, we have to always remind them that, I mean, our bodies and what happens between a man and wife is as, I mean, is as holy and sanctified like the altar. We cannot go into the altar and play ping pong. It's a table there. Why not? But because it's, 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 it's a holy place and it has to be only touched by certain people who are allowed from God. And uh, it has to be treated in a certain way. So this is the same same thing, a relationship, sexual relationship between a man and wife. It's very holy and it's very blessed. And it has, it has to be done at the right time. And it has to be done by the right people. So it's not, uh, because they're going to hear it again, like we said. I mean, people can have sex as many people as they want to. Why limit yourself to one person? And all this craziness around them. But we have to so always... what's the perfect answer? I know she mentioned it a little bit, but to make it so clear. Like, what's the perfect answer when you said, okay, you told me, like, when you go to the altar in two, became one... Get a baby. I see two the other two men and women like uh, right. Get the baby. So what the difference between that baby and the baby? They used the drainer in the wrong way. They used the drainer, but they hurt their eyes or they hurt their stomach. The, the drainer was meant to be used in a certain way by only an adult at a certain time when the sink is clogged. They used it wrong. They drank it. So those people, yes, it's it's gonna happen because. But at that time, they're gonna suffer the That's consequences. Right. I'm gonna interrupt you. The drain. Example, I think you can work on the age, but if you can compare, compare right. the question with the age, like they are two adults, yes, two adults, mm-hmm. so they drain in the, on the same way. They're gonna like see friends the around the pregnant already. Can, can prevent them or protect them from being get uh, pregnant in younger age. Exactly. So this is the phase. I mean, we can answer the question whenever they ask a question. We have to answer it. Yes. Is can kids happen? Babies happen around me outside of marriage. Yes. Can they can happen? But that's not God's intention that, for it. As the only answer I have, that's gonna be first baby. That's not the first baby from God. Um, I don't even know if that's not no. No, no I mean that. I mean. The baby has nothing to do. No, it's it's more of this is they're using something that God intended for in a good way and they used it in a wrong way. So it's biology, biologically it's going to happen and the baby's gonna is gonna is gonna be born. But they used what's wrong. What God? This is not God's intention. So this is not how God created. God created sex to be used in a certain way. God created stones to build houses. He didn't create stones to use it to kill someone. So they used it in the wrong way. I can give you an example. Like yeah. I have friends that, you know, they, they had a child before they got married and so forth. They're struggling with, how do I let my kids know mm-hmm. that, you know, we had you before we were married. And if I want to instill the right quality on my, my son, um, but I wasn't the right example. So the parents are the ones who actually going to struggle with it and not the child. Yeah. So I think it's more, yeah. I think, our, again, our children are understanding enough of faith and spirituality, even at a young age, if you ask them, uh, is it better to go to heaven or hell? Oh, heaven, for sure. There's no mm-hmm. question. Nobody will say, hey, go to hell. Okay. Well, when we do things that are against God's plan, 
i.e. sex before marriage, even though you may have a child, this is almost like a mark against the parents for getting into heaven. We don't want to do anything that's going to prevent us from getting to heaven. This is God's rule. You don't break it because there are consequences. And the, even though it's abstract, the, the, um, the discussion of eternal life is very abstract. Even for adults, it's hard to grasp. But kids, they understand that, oh, okay, there is a reason I'm doing it, even though it's not tangible on earth. Right. I'm not going to see it, for instance, going to the altar and leaving as one. You can, you can tie it to spirituality, that in God's eyes, but the Holy Spirit sees you now as one, one body, not physically one body. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, that, you, that's you, a great if point. You, if you tell them that, that you, so they're not expecting two people to go in and one giant monster to come out, <laughs> then it makes more sense to them. Yes. But if you don't say that this is not a physical, you like physical union, yeah. then they are like, oh, okay, I'm not expecting to see a hybrid person. Right. Walk out. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. We tell the girls that the body and the blood, they don't call it the bread and the wine. Mm -hmm. And they understand that they're not really you know, eating flesh. Like, right. Right, there. Yeah. Yeah. right. So they understand that. Like, so it's a mystery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, I mean, I yeah. think they get it. My whole point is don't underestimate your kids. Yeah. You can give them more information, even if it's high level, even if it's something that's abstract. They will understand, but if you give them too little, like we said earlier, then they're going to fill in the pieces, then they're going to ask the hard questions, and it won't make sense to them, and then it's going to be harder to address. Right. So, so I was just going to say, like my friend mentioned before, like we can't raise our kids the same way we were raised because they're like much more, you know, educated, but they get educated yeah. right earlier, and we only know what's uh, like how we were raised, but you know, our parents did the best they could and they did a great job, but we're in a different world now. Yeah. So, you know, so I think like educating ourselves and reading and seeing how other parents, you know, I think that's that's probably the, the best thing. And the second thing is like, you know, I noticed like a lot of the questions that I get from like Abigail in particular is from Bible stories. Like when I think about David and Bathsheba, well, you know, the first son died, but the second son was Solomon. And then being, you know, the wisest man in the world. So like good things can, you know, God can forgive, you know, the sin and good things can happen. But a lot of those things, like she asked me what war was. And like, you know, she'll like and, and David and Goliath and kills Goliath. A lot of times I'm answering these questions for the Bible stories, you know, that are very more advanced than that, you know, than they before. So my point is like, you know, I can always kind of try to tie it to something biblical as much as I can. Um, as the parent that suffers more than anything else. It is. And we have to yes more than yeah, more than ever. We need to be very ready and prepared. And if we don't know the answer to something, let's not make up an answer right. and let's just say okay let me let me let me find out the answer to that question i'll come back to you and we have to make sure we do come back to them and answer that question and make sure they are okay there do you have any more question i mean they're comfortable with the answer uh because again they are going to go and find the and unfortunately the answer i mean kids talk all the time and if even though kids talk media around them is going to talk um there's some biblical things that are difficult to explain I, I was just, I came from a Bible study. I was given it to the middle school, uh, in the middle school MCP, and we were talking about the theme of the MCP was honesty. And we were talking about Bible study about Ananias and Sapphira. And they were just arguing me the whole entire Bible study. Why did God kill them? That's wrong. Why God killed them? And it's just, you have to, and they're middle, middle school age and a lot of biblical stuff you have to explain god's view to it and just why did god allow this to happen so 
kids will always go into ask questions and I actually love it for them to ask questions and just take it and just not react to it because you don't know really if they're comprehending it or not and if they don't get it fully now that's okay they will one day it's again back to the wiring situation you're just giving them as much information as you can that you think they can take because one day it's going to come in handy and it's 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 going to prove that it it it, it paid off so it, it's important for us to do that i just want to end with this one here what are the blessings of us teaching our kids about the purity of sexuality what do you all think i mean why are we it's tough conversations to have and we have to always prepare for it and we're gonna do it not just once it's gonna something that's gonna grow with them and we're gonna have to have multiple conversations but why what do you think i mean we've talked about some of it mm -hmm. what do y'all what do y'all think you want to be the one who lays the foundation for them like we were talking about earlier you don't want other kids giving them these false you know views or impressions of what it's like and then you have to undo everything that they did you want to be Correct. the first one who gives them that biblical perspective and just have that and grow on that and, and continue to educate them as they grow older and as they become more, you know, able to digest that information. So what's Maybe. that going to help them to do? <laughs> Absolutely. For, first point, we are investing in internal lives. We are helping them to stay pure and to, as, as we're all struggling to do, I mean, this is our ultimate goal. After all, we are all going to be want to be united in heaven. We are helping them now by educating them, by making them understand what God's intent, God intended, his intention on everything. But now we're talking about sexual education. So for this, that's going to really help them protect them and help them as much as possible stay focused and on track with their, I mean, their eternal life. I mean, and... Again, as we're talking about all of this, we have to be very careful on that God accepts sinners. And if something happens, especially at an older age when you start talking about pornography and things like that, it's 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 okay. It's not the end of the world. And we have to be accepting this. Uh, we have to repent and go back on track. And we have to confess and go back on track. Because we don't want to tell them, okay, people who do not follow God's track are not going to have it. Well, okay, if they don't repent. But we have to be careful. We, we just, that how, I mean, we have to talk about the mercy of God. We're investing in their health. I mean, we're avoiding them. I mean, a lot of a lot of diseases that's going around from from sexually transmitted diseases from people not and and kids now. Your kids at fourth grade, if not earlier in third grade, they can have a health at class. They're going to separate the boys and the girls, and they're going to talk to them about puberty. And now they are talking to them as well about. Um, STDs. STDs, and they are talking to them as well about marriage, about the, 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 the not marriage, I'm sorry, the, the family, and they're talking, and part of that family is a man and a man and a woman and a woman. So they're starting to talk to them about it. I would encourage you read that, get 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 a copy of it first, of what they get. it's going to be presented to the kids. Um, understand, read it, or it's sometimes it's a video, and uh, if you're not comfortable with your kid watching it, um don't don't let them don't let them attend and they can always find them something else to do um my main concern with it sometimes the material is okay but my concern is the discussions that happen before and after between the kids uh the material could be acceptable but i don't know what the side conversations that's going to happen in the hallway was oh did you see this i've heard that or i've heard this mm. i mean it's good i mean I'm, there's only so much that we can do yeah, to protect our kids to opt in so yeah so um so it's important for when that happens even if they you opted them out 
to have the conversation, to, to come back. When they come back from school that day, you talk to them about it. Oh, okay, did you hear? Did your friends share with you what they've heard? What do you think? And things like that. Because even if they did not listen to it, um, their, their friends could have talked to them about things. Um, we're definitely investing in their marriages. When you do this, you're keeping them pure and they're keeping themselves to until their marriage and a lot of marriages fail, as far as I heard, um, and a lot of confessions happen about with when people have experiences outside of marriage before getting married. And sometimes marriages just don't continue because of that. So we are trying to invest in our kids in their mar in their marriages. We want them to have be stable enough, and we pray that the, their partner will be as well the same way, and so their marriage would continue, and they would grow up one day to be. I mean, a good mom and a good dad. Um, and also investing in their careers. I know some of you must work and you feel the people that are not sexually stable. Sometimes you can tell that they are at work. I mean, you can't really pinpoint what's the issue, but people when they have when they have porn addicts or things like that, they're not. I mean, they have issues and statistics have proven they're not very successful and successful in their career lives. Of course, we cannot generalize, mm -hmm. but it's it's um, it's going to help them in life general, whether in marriages and their health and I mean, in their career. But we're trying to create stable people. We're trying to create as much well-rounded, stable person. Those are a few things I would recommend that you read them if you have time. There is a very uh, nice book that's called Purity that if you are struggling with what to tell your kids, what the words to choose, he's giving you a script actually of what each age group on what the words to choose. Um, Father Luke is in, um, I want to say New York, New Jersey, something like that. They say this book is really good and a lot of people recommend it and it helps. it helped a lot of people with, with what they say to their kids. Um, this one here is called The Talk, is for the younger kids, for the age three to five. It's a very tiny book where you read for five minutes, it's seven lessons. So every day you read five minutes and it talks to you day by day on, um, it starts to introduce your child to biblical sexuality. And it's, um, again, seven days, every day, five minute talk, and it takes them step by step. This one is the one that we use in the FIGHT program. It's called the Passport to Purity. It's a program that is intended to be on a weekend uh, that the dad would take his son for a weekend away and they would listen and do activities and do the CDs and uh, listen to the CDs and things like that. Um, it's a really, really good, good um, program. Uh, it's more geared toward the middle school age, uh, but it's... Um, it's, we've done it with our kids, and, and, and thank God I have two boys, so my husband took care of that. <laughs> but actually, in all honesty, I do talk to my kids about it, too. Sometimes, I mean, I mean, you're watching something, and something comes on the screen, and one of the things I heard, I mean, he's just like, if you're watching a movie or something, and seeing this inappropriate scene that comes into the scheme, the first thing, the first reaction that we do is like, boom, change the channel, or yeah. jump, and do. you have to explain to them what you're doing, because there are going to be times when you're not going to be next to them. And they're not going to change the channel. And they're going to want to know what's going on. Why did you change the channel? What happened? And um, you need to explain to them they are having sex outside of marriage. And they are naked. And they're not, 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 not sex. They need, you need to answer their curiosity. And you never know nowadays when something shocking is going to come out of the program. Uh, I was watching the other day something. 
And even you can use the purse at that time, don't look at uh, the Latins or the umbrella. Well, Absolutely so related always to God and the Bible. And exactly, but not don't sin. don't just jump and just okay. We're not going to talk about that. This is inappropriate, and we're just not going to because I mean at that point you didn't help them. Um, that show it's a, a complete makeover show about just ladies. I know men might not be interested in this, but just like ladies, they would just go to someone and she just helps them to dress better and change their hair and things like that. And it was just something, it was on the, I'm not a TV person, but anyways, it was there, it was a British show and uh, it was a 60 year old woman that went to that person to help her dress better. And and then out of the blue, she was asking question, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite, whatever, so she can help her pick better clothes. And out of the blues, she just asked it, are you still masturbating? I'm just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Why? Why is that relevant in any way? <laughs> in a show that you would think it's completely innocent. And I was just, I felt that that person should get very offended. I mean, she's just like, walk away or something. And she just answered this, no, not that often. Uh, I'm 60 now. She's like, well, that tells me, tells me how much you're like, want, love life and how much you would just, so I can help you. And she's like, what is that nonsense? What does that have to do with anything? So it's just, you never know. Never, never. No, thank God my kids weren't around me. <laughs> thank God. I need to stop? No, like, a, there's also like, a, ever heard of a vet angel? Mm -mm. So like, it's kind of like a software or like a, an app, like you connect it to your streaming servers and it can filter out any movie. Like filter out, like, like it has a list uh, like it can skip or mute even mm. in any movie. But again, I mean, yes, you're protecting your kids from those kind of things, but you have to always explain why. You have to explain why I'm not allowing this to to, to happen now, or I'm not allowing to to I mean so for this to like show. To watch the movie first, so you know when to skip. Yeah. <laughs> not to be out of Yeah, but I mean, I'm telling. Not it might not be an offending scene right now. It could be just a random question that comes out and. And that opens up with just a new can of worms. Inside your home, but when he go over for his friend and he watch it and his laptop, you can't control it. So it's better to learn him when he stop to see. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, I, I, your kids might not have, of course, phones by now. They're little, but just um, they might have tablets. So please be careful what goes on those tablets. Put parental control as much as you possibly can. Uh, when they grow up, don't let them go. I mean, not even now, I think. They shouldn't go um, with their tablets in the restroom, in the, in the rooms, no computers, no TVs in the room. So as much as you possibly can. Yeah, it only stays in the living room around us. I mean, that still does not always control things, but it's better than them being alone somewhere with a tablet or a phone. That's really all I had. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Anybody has any question, comment? I have a comment. I mean, I sure. know you mentioned it, and our son is very young, but I follow this person on Instagram. Their um, mission is like to save the children, and it all talks about how being exposed to phones at so young, they get exposed to pornography at a very young age, mm -hmm. and it's better to talk to them about it now, not necessarily the word pornography or exactly what it goes on. But the book that we got, it's a age appropriate for like, I don't know, it's like five to seven or three to seven, I don't remember. It's called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. 
and they go through and you know they talk about any area that's covered by a swimsuit shouldn't there should not be a picture taken of it they're private areas mm -hmm. and once they're a picture taken of it it's no longer private and so it just exposes them and it's like if you ever see this this is what you should do as opposed to you never know if an older sibling or whatnot has a phone and your five-year-old or seven-year-olds mm -hmm. get exposed to that and nobody ever told them about it you want them to be prepared and i think totally. like i appreciate this talk today it just gives us tools to be equipped to a lot of things that we were never exposed to growing up and you know the fact that the internet is so unfiltered and everything just having these books available and you know some of these resources available are so helpful mm -hmm. and you feel like as a parent you have to equip your own child too yes. because like if your child rides a school bus it's i think it's like a proven fact by the first year, they're going to get exposed to pornography at some point. It's it's really sick and scary, but you have to be prepared and you have to just empower your own child to know this is what might happen and this is what you do mm -hmm. if it does happen. We pray that it doesn't happen, but they have to be ready. It's, we have, yeah, it's going to happen, whether we like it or not. I mean, at least we, we pray that it gets delayed as much as yeah. possible, but we, we have to be honest. It's going to happen. We Again, have to be honest with ourselves. If you're preempting it and you're, you're preparing them, right. that's the best the best weapon that yep. you can. And by, those, by the way, are your books. Yeah. <laughs> those are in your library. You guys can yeah. check them out. Those are not my books. Those Santi gave me those books. Those are your books. I just read a little bit um, those books. But those are yours. You can check them out from your library. So. Yeah. All right. Glory be to God. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.